Fly ball, left field, it's deep. And it is Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast, episode number 16. And as ever, I am joined by Ryan from www.roadtricks.com. Ryan, how are you, buddy? I'm great. It's a good evening from me in um, a pretty grim Lancashire, if I must be honest. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh... Same here, mate. It's, it's like summer never happens. <laughs> yeah, it's cold, a... it's miserable. It's really not great, but um, hopefully we're still getting baseball weather out in the States and that will keep me ticking over here. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we are joined again by the good fights, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, mate? Weather a bit better over there? It is 70, sunny and breezeless. Convert. convert. We're we're not taking this Fahrenheit. (laughs) Not not of our viewers understand what you just said. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think that's 17, sunny. And breezeless. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is seven. are seventeen. He's he's right. Is that right? He's right. Oh, I did that in my head. Wow, look at that converting on the spot. It's Impressive. Pretty much. Yeah, eighteen. Look, 17, I was 18. raised on the. I was raised on the metric system, boys. <laughs> I know my rates. <laughs> he does. He's he's on the money. He's on the money. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, I suppose you boys were on a high from the NFL yesterday and the Phillies. You had a double win. Good, good for the city. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is the best thing to ever happen to the city of Philadelphia. And uh, that's a cold <laughs> heart fact. Wow. It was, yeah. it, it was a bit nervy to start off with, though, wasn't it? Or he, was it never uh, in doubt? It, for me, it was never in doubt just because I, I always give players a pass on week one, especially when they don't get to play at all in preseason. I think, um, I, I, I think it takes everybody a while to kind of sync up and – uh, really get gelled, but as we saw in the second half, they synced up pretty good. If I do say so myself, <laughs> no, no one is getting a pass for that tackling down the sideline on oh, Mister uh, oh. Vernon Davis. But yeah, I, well, I will that say, <laughs> I, I like that story. That was that was. But it was nice for Vernon Davis after what he's been through, according to the commentators there. So fair play to him. But um, now I will say that. Carson Wentz, I mean, this guy, he is so calm. What was his third down statistics? Like 12 for 13 on third down or something like that? Like that started, I mean, the game started and, and everybody was getting kind of scared because he, he did not uh, look great in the first few, first few drives. I mean, he was, I think he started 0 for 4 and it kind of spiraled from there. But then he, he ended up like 21 for 29 and, some ridiculous you know metrics there but he he was great i really was beginning i i thought at first that the the mvp wentz trope was kind of uh was was a little far off but after seeing him work yesterday i i have i think he's brilliant it's one i mean i i always but but i i think he really has a fair shot at, at the mvp uh, the Falcons didn't do very well. And then we'll leave it as that. <laughs> they started off okay. 
Can we just straight we, up say we, that we, we don't our, care? Our, our first, we... our first draw, <laughs> yeah. and and it's it's Falcons Eagles this this Thursday uh, Thursday night as well. Okay, so we do care. We hope you stink again. <laughs> it's likely. I'm not confident, but uh, a good well, start. Guys... I, I'm I'm happy for Philly. It's a good start for them. Yeah, it is a good... you know that we are Phillies we... fans. We are Eagles fans. We are cold. Yep. We are nasty. We, you know, Dave. We love you on this podcast, but as soon as you put a Falcons cap on, you're done, mate. You're, you're done. <laughs> do you, you, you know what? Do you know what's really, really weird? On Thursday, we have the fourth game against the Braves, and as soon as that finishes, the Eagles and the uh, Falcons game start. Let's go. Well, did you guys see those? <laughs> there's, there's no. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not an Eagles fan in Philadelphia, they really like Mike Scott. Oh, guys- oh yes. Yeah. That about <laughs> well, well, okay. So, so from what I've heard, uh, he was slurred towards, and then he kind of, you know, of course, and who could blame him? He took exception to to, you know, a slur being used against him, and he kind of popped off and beat the crap out of a whole bunch of Eagles fans, um, which is no great. Yeah, there's no need Well, I mean, you can't not take – I'll be the first to admit our, our some of our fan base can be a bit abrasive, but um, I think the whole thing was, was just kind of blown out of proportion. And now there's a whole big thing with, you know, the guys on WIP. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that whole situation, and they're going way overboard with – many many things and it's just a lot of bs so just wanted to yeah. touch on it but we'll stray from that topic we'll, for... we'll, we'll stray from that we'll do a quick bit of admin uh just under three weeks will be the dual event between ourselves and the miami marlins uk at Pashyunk avenue on uh fits well it's it was well it started off as a ourselves uk phillies and the miami marlins fans get together but it sort of turned into everyone's welcome we've got so much interest from around the uk baseball community about this event so it's going to be a really really good evening we'll obviously have the marlins phillies it's going to be a decider isn't it we're going to be in the mix to the very end <laughs> uh, oh got, god yeah yeah i don't want to think about it actually um we've got a fans quiz uh home run competition baseball bingo prizes cheesesteaks beer wings uh and a good just even if we're not in the mix it'd be nice for everyone to get together and and just just chat, watch baseball, and have a have a good night. So it's um it's going to be well attended. It's going to be good. Ryan, you're coming down, aren't you? I certainly will be. Um, I probably will be leaving fairly early and watching the game myself on the train home because I'm heading back up north for my sins. But I will be in attendance and saying hello to anyone who's there for a beer prior to the game. So that'll be lovely. And Ryan, you owe me a beer after throwing under the bus last week. Well, you you decided to support the Falcons, mate. You, uh, threw, you threw yourself under that bus. <laughs> Didn't even see it coming. I sat at my desk at work. I just saw that pop up. I'm like, right, come on, <laughs> seriously. Um, but the uh, yeah, and uh, Alex, you're flying over for it, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I have a nice little biplane that I'm gonna I'm gonna take it over. Uh, you know, across the pond and. Maybe I'll go see my family. Maybe no. I w- I wish I would love to. We are out. your family. Hopefully, Alex. I will. Pardon? You what? You we are. You are our family. We're your well, family. Well, that's true. We're you know our... what? That's true. But my blood relatives are also over there, so I should I should probably stop in and see them, or they'd be pretty mad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it would probably be a good idea. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely looking to come over soon, so hopefully 
hopefully I'll be able to do that in the near future. Oh, that'll be that'll be the dream. Uh, us three doing a, like a, a podcast. You boys will drink me under the table. I will oh, tell you and, what. Uh, Alex, I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> no. Those days, since since getting married and having a kid, those days seem a long way, long time ago already. I'm about I mean, five friend. foot, Alex. I, I <laughs> One beer I'm, and I'm merrier than I need to be, trust me. Look, all I know is, from, from being a dual citizen, is that there, there is a stark difference between drinking habits in America and drinking <laughs> habits in the UK. I was over for my cousin's bachelor party, and I had maybe two or three beers, and I was, I was, feeling, I was feeling all right. And my cousins were already like 12 beers in, you know, hardly even feeling it and, and <laughs> absolutely going wild. Like it is the difference in tolerance is, is quite stark. But yeah, I would, I'll, do I would, my, I'll do my best. I would go with that. When I was uh, in my early uh, years of going over to the States, you know, I, I was having a, a few. I was like five, six beers in. They were only two in. I'm like, oh, I, need to, I thought I was taking it easy. And uh, <laughs> I, I need to slow down. <laughs> yeah, I need to slow down. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If you ever come over, Alex, yeah, definitely let us know. Um, oh, absolutely. I got some sad news, guys. My the, the you, <laughs> I was expecting an R, but that's a, clearly no one cares. But the the fantasy baseball, the first ever time I've made the playoffs, and uh, we were knocked out to the UK Dodgers. Oh. From nowhere, Dodgers sneaked in last week on the last week, oh. uh, and oh. without with my impressive sixteen five record on the year, uh, it wasn't wow. good enough. It wasn't good enough. Five is all right, though. Sixteen. The league record was great. It's a very competitive twenty-team league. All, all the all the other UK team accounts do it. Uh, yeah, it's everyone's still picking up free agents and trading all the way to the end. Everyone's involved. Sixteen-five. I was so positive, and I made a rookie error towards the end of the season. I got a bit complacent, and I thought I'll bring in some free agents. You know, keep on top of who's hot. I brought in Mike Ford. Uh, is it Mike Ford yeah, from the Yankees? What? Yeah, what a yeah, mistake. yeah, yeah. Not a bad choice. I've... Well, it, well, Voigt came back. Voigt came back, and yeah. he, he was finished. And then my pitching was horrendous. Toward I, I blew it. I, I tinkered too much. You know when you just you tinkering trying to stay ahead of the game. You did a Claudio Ranieri. Now, I now did. Dave, what was Bob's? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait what was a Bob's minute. record? How dare you bring up Claudio Ranieri around yeah, I me? Know. I... <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Oh, that was that was cathartic! It was, wow. For those who are unaware, uh, I'm a I'm a lifetime supporter of the Leicester City Foxes, uh, and when they won the Premier League back in 2015, uh, Claudio Ranieri was thought to be a god amongst men. Uh, <laughs> and then he tinkered too much in 2016, and He's we almost the made a relegation. We, we so... love it, you know. Uh, we, I, actually, it wasn't a, a slur at all. I absolutely love Claudio Ranieri. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a negative. I promise. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's surprise. I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I, I want you to confirm for our viewers what was Mister UK Braves Bob. What was his record? In oh, his wow. Okay, so oh, Bob God. tanked massively. After drafting all the Phillies players just to pee me off, <laughs> and it did, I ain't going to lie, uh, he finished on. He was in our side of the league, and the National, Bob. No, he wasn't. He went to the American side. 3-18. and 18. <laughs> Oh, oh. He, he tanked. But I tell you what was even more impressive. He probably had Austin oh, Riley on his team. Oakland, uh, the Oakland A's UK guys, Norton 21. They, and, and they've been relegated. They're not coming back. 
They did the Detroit Lions. They yeah, they've been replaced by the uh, UK Mariners for next year. That's we're not having that. But well, I, I I stopped paying attention to my fantasy baseball team after I uh, so I drafted really really well. Uh, at least I thought I did, and then uh, <laughs> Luis Severino, Tyler Glasnow, and uh, Mike Clevenger were all on my team, and oh. they all hit the sixty day oh. IL at least one point <laughs> in the over. season. So, uh, but I also had Luis Castillo from the start. I I picked him up for I do an auction draft because I oh, right, love yeah. them because uh, I love to pick and choose the guys that I get. Uh, but I picked up Luis Castillo for for two million in the draft, which is like nothing. nothing. Um, so that was that was pretty great. Yeah, I had a really. I mean, what's my record? Let, let's let's look at my record, you guys. Let's, let's have a look. I, I picked up okay. Matt Joyce. Okay. Matt Joyce towards the end. I picked up Brock Holt. What was I thinking? He was on fire for three days, and I thought, yes, get him in. Blew it. Soroka. I got I was, Soroka in, and he's been oh, average no. since the All Star break. What a mistake. <laughs> my, my mine has not been quite the same since I got him in. Uh, Alex Young from the the. the the, the D-backs, Joe Ross. Uh, a, Zach Gallon's not quite done it in Arizona. It's been a mess. I finished oh. off 13 wins, five draws, and three losses. So not Five bad. draws? Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We play, we play a head-to-head category. Ah, uh, okay. Head, but, yeah. Guys, I'm just quietly listening to all of this. Fantasy baseball's my scene, as you know. I'm just, I'm just listening, seeing if you guys want any help next season. Just let me know. Well, you know what? Well, Ryan, you, you've been helping the Marlins UK guys out. When they beat me? <laughs> well, I'll never yeah, forget I, the first league I ever did. I went 21 and 0, and that's how I knew I had a talent in fantasy baseball. But then I just kind of stopped. I lost my panache for it. I lost the interest in it, but I still play every year. Well, the, the good thing is for us is that we're all in the same, all our UK accounts are in a, a big WhatsApp group. So it sort of keeps the oh, fancy awesome. side going. But the D backs UK guys went 20 and 1 on the season and were also wow. knocked out to the uh, San Francisco Giants UK. So the two top seeds, which were me and the D backs, have both gone. So Giants, UK Cardinals, UK Dodgers, UK Astros are left in the semis. I've lost interest now. I don't. So it's care. all about yeah, the playoffs and these sort of head-to-head um, things. And I, I am in I'm in one league that's actually a dynasty league where it's a similar format to that. But my my personal preference is just straight up rotisserie. Let's see who yep. has the best team. So um, I'm a bit old school like that. And what what I love about that format is. Um, Previously, we have computers now, and it does it all for us. But the the, the hardcore guys, you sort of Ron Shamblers from um, Baseball HQ and those guys, they all used to do it in the in the 80s by sending all the stats to the commissioner in the post, and then <laughs> the commissioner would sit there and actually physically tot up everyone's statistics for the week and send that wow. out to all the players. And this was absolute oh. geekdom at the extreme I and mean, i absolutely just love the idea of all these guys throughout the states um doing it on paper for years <laughs> and years you know <laughs> well, and, well, well that's how we used to do it in old school fantasy football wasn't it back yeah, in the right. old days in, in old right. newspaper the, the newspaper would have to print out in the paper yep. to cut it out and then send it to him and he never saw it again you paid all that money you never saw it <laughs> correct mm. that is glory i just love that thought of uh America's geeks doing that by post, you know, absolutely brilliant, great commitment. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of geeks over here. I'll yeah. tell you what. <laughs> That's why I'm involved. <laughs> hey, so Alex, you you've been talking to Mr. Gabe Kapler this week. So I was going to tell you guys this story 
uh, last week, but I but we we cut off short and then uh, I oh, I the power cut, kind yeah. of I kind of forgot. Um, but yeah, I actually uh, was able to kind of I, I have a way to contact him now, which is uh, kind of crazy. He, he reached out to me uh, through through John Stolness of the Good Fight, uh, and he kind of you know he hit me up one week and and he said, "Hey, I love what you're doing." Um, you brought so much to us this year in terms of positivity and in terms of content and things like that. Uh, and he just kind of said, you know, I don't want you to feel like it's gone unrecognized or unnoticed. Uh, and he said, oh, thank wow. you. And if you ever, and he said, if you ever need anything, uh, reach out, feel free to reach out. So I've, uh, I've kept in contact with him for, for a few weeks and, uh, you know, I ask him questions here and there and he, he gives me little, little blurbs and it's really, yeah, it's really, he, it really wow. speaks to the kind of person that, that Gabe actually is. Um, you know, I've never really been in Gabe's corner per se. Um, mm. when it comes to you know his management style and things like that. Uh, but then again, I've never also you know been away from his corner. I, I'm, you know, positively indifferent. Uh, yeah. Towards you know the, his his management style and uh, what's pretty fantastic is you know he he doesn't have to he doesn't have to do that. That's not something that he has to do. He himself, a guy, you know, he's a major league manager. He's making millions upon millions of dollars. He's, you know, playing in the game of baseball. And he reached, he reached out to me, which was, you know, just the classiest thing in the world that you could do. And Absolutely. Uh, he was very complimentary and just very kind. And he offered, you know, he offered me tickets to the game and you oh, know, things Alex. like that. Just, You're big time just, now, Alex. Well, but not even that he it's just it was a very classy move from Gabe and I, I I really admire him for that and regardless of what your opinion may be of him as a manager or him as a tactician or what have you you have to know the guy is a, he's a genuine dude he's a really really nice guy uh and he really he means the best for all of his all of his players and I really admire him for that so anyway oh, yeah. I go with that because last short, year, yes. <laughs> last year when I was out there and the Phillies did the the TV thing with me, um, he did he did tweets afterwards saying thank you for coming over and your support's always appreciated. Again, off his own back, and that was really cool. Yeah, he's just a great dude. He really is. I don't, I don't, did you mention you know? Did you mention you know maybe our podcast to him? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't gone as far as to ask him about anything in terms of like you know media appearances or things like that just because i know no, he, already has to, he already has to deal with wip once a week and mm. that to me in and of itself is like you know that's a big ask because he has to mentally prepare to face angelo cataldi once a week which yeah is, man yeah he, i've heard about he, this guy i, I see but, clips from him i'm like oh good god but um it's 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 definitely something that I can I can slip into a conversation here or there. I it, can't it do that. Doesn't have to come on. <laughs> just just say, look, the, the UK is all support from the UK guys. You know, we're we're, we're, we're... I'll, drop, I'll drop a I'll drop a line. <laughs> yeah, just 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 dip the toe in the water a little bit and pepper some pepper some uh, some reference in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool. Ooh. Uh, hey, I had him. Uh, literally before we've just come on, uh, just been alerted on Twitter, scrolling through, just saw John Stonis uh, link in the Philly Inquiry, the Matt Breen article with the Mister McPhail. We don't, we don't comments. Like, yeah. what? What? Was, 
What? So when when that first when that first surfaced, uh, I didn't really know what to make of it, and I know that uh, John also mentioned that that uh, WIP did like a whole week on mm. uh, that particular you know press conference that McPhail had, and I uh, deliberately didn't tune in, but <laughs> I I do think that now seeing how things went at you know the trade deadline and seeing how uh we kind of did neglect a few obvious upgrades uh that mm. would have next to nothing uh I, I i do kind of look on that comment and think well dave dombrowski of the red sox who won the world series last year was just fired yeah uh, yeah uh, can't be that hard so <laughs> i i really think uh Andy McPhail might be an issue in terms of because you know that kind of complacency. There's no room for that. We have no well, room for that. Uh, we are, we are a team yeah. that's going to to compete, and we're trying to win win, win a wild card spot. And, and and he says, "Oh, if we make the playoffs, we do. If we don't, we don't." Like, are you? But what, what sort of message what is that? To, what message is that is exactly. to the fans to to, to, the, to the team itself to, to, and to Kepler and to the coaches like. Oh, what if Andy's not bothered that we don't make it? You know, the, the president, then it, it, if that was me, you know, I'd be going, we're going to go for it. You know, the, the team is going to keep pushing to the very end. We're going to make sure we're going to fight to the bitter end. Not sort of, we don't, we don't. <sighs> Come on. Yeah. Another dreadful you know, soundbite. Ne- he's never been an elegant speaker, uh, but you would think that somebody as high profile as the president of a ball club would have a little bit of a briefing from, you know, like a media consultant or something like that, telling <laughs> yeah. him, you know, at least try your best to not sound suicidal when you take the mic. <laughs> like, I don't know. That, oh. it, that, is, that is definitely uh, not reassuring, to say the least. No, it was just, just bugs me. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the players haven't, pay too much attention or Kaplan because we got a lovely series win in New York. Uh, yes, Ryan, I, I think you called this right, Ryan. I think you said four and three, your prediction, and you were... You he were did say that. Did I? I, I? Last week, you said that the, the theme of the podcast was positivity, so I actually think that I gave a, a sort of more optimistic prediction <laughs> than I truly <laughs> thought in my actual head because I didn't want to be the uh, the sort of negative one of the trio. Well, it should have um, it should have been six and one, true. shouldn't it? They, they actually, yeah, they played pretty well, and like this team is is just refusing to go away, and it's probably going to end in heartache where we have the, the Marlins in that final series, yeah, and we just yeah. can't oh, beat. You know, <laughs> think about it, we. You know, they stormed back from that being down five nothing in the Aaron Nola start. They they stormed back from that. They tied it five five. Um, and they couldn't quite eat that one out, but that one was winnable. They and were walked off against in in the following game. Uh, twice it twice a, in a row. Exactly, twice in a row, and then three times in a row when they walked Pete Alonso. But all of those games were winnable. Yeah. All of them. Definitely. They could and, have gone seven and well, in this stretch. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. What what I saw this week, I'm impressed with that. You know, we've mentioned before there are players that have been thrust into everyday roles now that either weren't expected to be here, like Corey Dickerson, or perhaps we didn't. Certainly, Adam Hastley, who's had a great week, we didn't expect to be here. I don't 
I'm not even sure Scott Kingery was supposed to be in this um, everyday role at this stage, and certainly the bullpen. I have every credit for this team. Um, I did... All I will say is that final game against the Reds, when they stranded that runner up. Oh, don't. I just... Yeah. I just... There was something in me that I knew that that was the run we all felt. that they yeah. needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was it. That was it. But, yeah. I, but you know what? Minor criticism. You know, it's just me being gutted that they didn't get that runner across. <laughs> something that... Something that I really want to touch on just very quickly on those losses because you know it is it is the bullpen that kind of uh lost us all of those games i, I can't lie to you but uh what dave mentioned earlier about my talking to gabe kapler uh i tweeted this out last night uh it was a quote that i got from gabe about the current situation that the bullpen's under uh and you know the arms that he has at his disposal and and this is what he had to say about it and i think it's very important uh gabe said I don't think it's any real secret that our bullpen is very different from what we intended coming into the season. My most honest take is that we've asked a ton of our current group over these few months out of obvious necessity. But these guys are amazingly tough. They're asking for the ball. They want it early, late, up a bunch or down a bunch. They'll take the ball after three days off or of having worked three out of four days. They own the rough outings and come back in asking to fight for the next and the next. They share what's on their mind, and they ask to get better. As a manager, I would go into battle with this group any day because they're fighters. And I think, all in all, when you when you do consider that we've lost eight relievers to the injured list, mm. you know, a four and three stretch of close games where you are asking so much of your bullpen. You know, when Vince Velasquez gives you, I think he went five, four, four, yesterday, four yesterday. When he when he when he gives you four one when. When Aaron Nola gets blown up in the first three innings, when you know, yeah. when you're asking your bullpen to go back to back to back to back days, you have to consider these guys are they're tired, but they want to pitch. These are all guys that that wa- have something to prove. They all do. I and agree they all that. want spots on major league teams. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Watching last night, we actually got out of some really big jams and some really mm-hmm. big moments, bases loaded moments. In fact, the Mets left. Uh, 14 on base, they were 3 for 16 scoring positions because yep. uh, Alvarez got in a jam and got out of it in the end. I know he, he earned two earned runs against him. Uh, I think Morin got out of a base loaded jam that Alvarez had got himself in. Uh, mm-hmm. Parker got one run against him, but I think he loaded the bases at one point. Well, and um, Ranger Suarez struck out and, Todd Frazier, which yes, is huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bases loaded. Yes, yeah. yeah, Suarez got out. Bases loaded. He got out. He got Alonso to pop up on a bases loaded, which mm-hmm. was a huge, huge out at the time. Um, yeah. So for all, you know, the losses have been down to the bullpen, but also they've got us out of some big jams as well. They are fighting. They are showing they're fighting. You can't ask any more from the bullpen. They are, and like Captain said, I've got to agree, they're, they're tired, but they're fighting. And you can't ask any more from them. They are doing what they can. And it's not the bullpen that we envisaged, you know, months ago going into this season that would be ending within September. Um, Vince Velasquez, I sort of get the feel now that he's more of an opener, isn't he? It's sort of get as many get get four innings out of him, and that's it. Well, yeah, and when you but when you have a really deep bullpen in September, I think that's warranted, and I think that's you know, I think that's a great role for him. I think not necessarily an opener, but a multi inning reliever. I think that's that's brilliant for him. I think you know he's a he's a guy that. If you let him go past five innings, he's probably going to get shelled. But 
you know, one or two innings here or there. I mean, in the great majority of Velasquez's starts, the first two or three innings are typically scoreless or or one run oriented. So like I think I think he'd be a really, you know, solid addition possibly to the bullpen next year. I think Ranger Suarez has come up huge. He'd be an excellent addition to the bullpen yeah, next yeah. year. Hector yeah. Neris, obviously, Jose Alvarez, obviously. I mean, what you what we've done here kind of in 2019 is we've done a litmus test. We learned that Nick Pavetta as a starter does not work. We've learned that Vince Velasquez as a starter does not work. We've learned that Zach Eflin probably needs a bit more time if he's going to be a major league starter. I mean, we've done a litmus test of all the guys that we came into, all the young talent that we brought with us. And we have now, you know, we know who works and who doesn't work. And next mm-hmm. year, we're going to be able to plug every single hole that we have now apparently found. And I think, you know, the goal was always 2020. 2020 was always the goal, you know, to, to really come back into our own. Yeah, I, think because, I agree. I mean, yeah. I think as well, all I would say is on the, on the flip side of that, the, the argument from the sort of negativos, if we want to call them that, I, I just made that word up, um, is that um, they would say that, well, we already knew that. We, we already knew that Velasquez wasn't a starter. We already knew that Eflin probably wasn't quite good enough. Um, I think that's a bit harsher. But they would say the same about Pavetta. Um, I think that's a bit harsh. I agree more with your assessment, Alex. But I, I just want to try and add a little bit of balance to that. And Listen, my opinion is baseball's changing a little bit. Clearly, the, the ball is juiced. There's This is a different ball. We, we have to accept that, you know... We used to sort of view pitching statistics. If your ERA was sort of under three, you were a great pitcher. Now, if your ERA is under four on the season as a starter, you've had a pretty damn good season. So things things are changing. Um, there's no harm in... I think guys like Vince and Pivetta, with the strikeouts that they get, are very useful arms, and you're quite right. You probably want them in the bullpen, helping more able arms to open games but the best teams in baseball now your your, um dodgers and astros who are on a different level they are filled with eight to ten pitchers that they are quite happy either starting the game or coming in as a reliever after two or three innings i mean you look at last night julio arias is back from his wherever he's been and he does two innings because he's on a pitch count they're not worried. Julio Arias pitches two or three innings. Ken Maeda comes in for four or five innings. They, they've got guys that Dustin May, who, oh, well, we'll use yep. him as a reliever this year, and maybe next year we'll give him 10 starts and then rest him for 10 starts. And they, like what they did with Ross Stripling. Level, that's, right? yeah. that's exactly how, you know, Ross Stripling came into his own as a, you know, hybrid starter reliever-esque thing is because – you know, they started him as a bullpen guy, and then he was really good. And they, you know, gave him a few starts here and there. And, and he's he was great last year. I mean, he he was one of the best starters in baseball, arguably. So, I mean, but that's that's also something that you know requires a great deal of synchronization. I mean, you have to have all your you know solid talent ready at the same time and that's that's always no matter what team you are that's a really hard thing to do um but but i think sorry um alex just to ask you a question i want to ask you a question do do you not think that there's an element of the dodgers players 
there may be less pressure because at, at times it's felt like the Phillies have sort of wanted or expected the likes of Velasquez and Pavetta to turn into these guys that, oh, don't worry, next season they will give us six or seven innings on a regular basis. Oh, Vince will get there eventually. You'll be able to go through the third time in the order where, all right, I know the Dodgers have arguably, well, almost certainly more capable arms, but it feels like they put less expectation onto the guys. So they say to them, yeah, sure, you can just give us three great innings and then we'll turn to the next guy and you can give us three great innings as well. Do you you kind of see what I'm saying? That's absolutely correct. Because, and do you know why that is? It's because they have, you know, it's no secret that the Dodgers, for as long as they've existed, have been a really big money team. And they're able to kind of bring in veterans to, to plug their holes whenever they feel like it. And that being the case, you know, they bring their other guys up and those other guys know that those veterans are going to handle the brunt of the work. So they kind of feel less pressured to put up those big numbers and, you know, all that. And if the spotlight just happens to land on them, it lands on them. And that's, you know, that's a really big kind of, turning point that you make in a franchise where and and we're just starting to come to that point i think where where you have the money to plug any necessary holes that you need to and there's no real pressure on your prospects to have to evolve into this you know complete major league player right away and my worry for spencer howard i mean he is he's absolutely lighting up the, the the um minor leagues and I right, worry that the Phillies are going to turn to him and say, please be our next Aaron Nola. Give us six innings every week. And but it's that's probably not, not going to you know? Well, because, you know, next year... Okay, so there's, there's a couple... This is something I definitely want to talk about, too, so I'm glad we're getting here. Um, next year, they will easily sign at least two to three pitchers uh, because they are going to fill out the rotation with proven arms. I mean, you can't... There's no taking flyers anymore. You have to... Nah. You know, you, you need guys that can pitch at the major league level. and you Because this offense has shown that they, they can, you know, if you get a solid pitching performance, they can win you the game, regardless if it's a three-run three run win or, you know, a 10-run win. They, they can put up that kind of stuff. So when, when you have a rotation that you can rely on, then the offense kind of feels like they are always in the game, and then they can put up, you know, those, those short wins. But... What's really interesting about next year is that Lehigh Valley is going to be one of the best minor league rosters we have ever seen. I mean, you're looking at not only are Alec Bohm, Mickey Moniak, Spencer Howard all making the journey up to AAA, but I mean, that bullpen is about to be ridiculous. I mean, we're talking a full, we're talking a full, you know, depth related roster of you know, Aniel De Los Santos is probably getting moved to the bullpen. Nick Pavetta will probably be in that bullpen. Vince Velasquez might be in that bullpen. Uh, Connor Brogdon, who had an amazing year this year. Uh, uh, J.D. Hammer, Edgar Garcia. You know, all the guys that were rushed up from Double A that got their first. Parker, we're gonna keep Parker. Well, Parker might be on the in the major league bullpen because I mean he's he's already signed through next year. So, you know that. But that Lehigh Valley bullpen, that's you know major league level talent, some of which have, have already seen their first taste of the major leagues, and they're about to be pitching in AAA. And then the rotation, you've got Spencer Howard heading up that rotation. You've got maybe a minor league signing or two, but then uh, Jojo Romero and 
uh, Ramon Rosso and David Parkinson and, you know, all these guys that are working towards getting to the majors. Now everything is syncing up. Then you have Alec Bohm at third. You've got Austin Listy at first. You've got Mickey Moniak in center. You've got, you know, all of Davey might be in the minors to start the year. I doubt it, though, because I don't think Andrew Knapp's staying with the team. But, I mean, you are looking at now a triple-A team full of depth, whereas Mm. last year it was a triple-A team full of uncertainty, and they didn't want to have to call up Adam Hazley. They didn't want to have to, you know, uh, call up Enel Bella Santos to make a start here or there, or you know they didn't want to have to do any of that. They didn't want to have to call up Cole Irvin, but that's where it got to. And you know now what we're seeing is this evolution of a lot of our talent over the last few years has finally made its way to AAA, mm-hmm. and now we're going to be able to fully assess you know who's really ready to come up. I mean Nick Williams is probably going to be in Lehigh Valley unless he yeah. gets traded or something. But I mean. We're looking at, you know, those were guys that were starting on our team or started like capable of starting on a team last year in 2018. And they're playing in the minors. I mean, this is it's it's an ultimate testament to the difference between a competitive and a ready team, which hopefully we will field in 2020, because there's I mean, it's no secret there were holes in this team to begin with. And and we know that now. Yeah, but. It's the difference between fielding a competitive and ready team and fielding a team that has talent. And when they can calmly, to me, when they can calmly turn to Spencer Howard, who, by the way, I am more excited about him as a pitching prospect than I have been about any since certainly Aaron Nola. And I'm arguably more excited. because you should be more excited about Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard's, yes. So can I ask something? Like I don't follow the minor leagues in-depthly as you two do what has spencer howard got that gets you to really excited makes him look like the real deal so here's the thing aaron nola when he was drafted had the ceiling of maybe a number two starter but everybody thought he was going to be a number three a solid solid number three you know we're Mm. talking like a three five era every year stuff like that aaron nola gained velocity on his fastball and turned into a qualifiable ace yeah. and you know we've seen that this year i mean his three month span where he was you know pitching to a 2.1 era that's the aaron nola we can come to expect pretty much every year now um and you know last year goes without saying but what's so exciting about spencer howard is that he has the ceiling of probably you know a number one number two but no matter what you're looking at, the, the floor is so high because of the stuff that he has. He, not only does he have an electric fastball, we're talking this guy can touch 100 at times. He has, he has plus secondaries that, I mean, his changeup is his yeah. second best pitch. And it is, I don't know if anybody watched, oh, um, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a, an account out there that kind of snipped together his 12 strikeouts from his playoff game that he pitched in for Reading. Is that the one, is that the one you were at? Yeah. He, oh, no, that wasn't the one I was at. I was at the one where Adonis Medina got absolutely blown up. Um, yeah. But we won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but, but Spencer Howard, he, that, the changeup was it, – it is otherworldly. It is, it is one of the most exciting right-handed changeups I think I've – ever seen and he also has a killer curveball 
I mean, this guy, he's got velocity. He's got three different speeds. He's refined his command. I mean, he's still wasting pitches here or there and making mistakes, sure. And he's definitely not ready to go pro tomorrow. Mm. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy who has everything he needs to succeed. Yeah. And he's got everything at his For disposal. Sure. We, guys, we and need to see him pitch more innings is the first thing because he had yeah. a little bit of a, a setback earlier this season. Um, yeah, he, so that that wasn't nice. But what what I'll say, Dave, the fastball and the changeup are going to play in the, the big leagues. Oh, if, yeah. if the curveball does as well, then we're on to a serious winner. Um, Aaron Nola arguably had better control coming up through Absolutely. and that he was, his pin, he was pinpoint yeah. yeah his his pinpoint control and his ability to to pound the strike zone has always been absolutely fantastic um but spencer howard is is a strikeout guy this this is a, a guy that has the ability to just blow the competition at every level he's ever been at not just pitch well but to to actually absolutely mm. sort of overload the opposition he, he is yeah. A very exciting prospect. And the point I just quickly want to make, guys, is when the Phillies are in a position to calmly turn to him and say, Spencer, we need you to come up and pitch two innings to open Friday's game for us. Or, Spencer, we want you to come up and be a long reliever for a few weeks. And when they can do that instead of saying, Spencer, oh, in a mad panic, oh, we, we really need you to come up and be a starter for the rest of the season. And go, do you think you can do six, seven innings for us every... No, forget. I don't... We need to turn to these talented guys and just, to begin with, give them the opportunity to dominate major league hitting in small bursts in the same so, way that the Dodgers are doing right now with, with Dustin May and right, with Julio exactly. Rios. They, they're giving them the the taste of success and then creating the conditions where success is more likely. You're, you're more mm. likely to come into the majors and pitch two or three innings every few days and dominate major league hitting. And it's possible. You you know, even Dustin May is not going to come up and be pitching seven innings every week. First, he might get blown up. Anyone can. So here's where that, here's where that becomes, uh, you know, that's an exciting philosophy because if the Phillies, let's say the Phillies go out this year and they sign three pitchers to the rotation. So you've got, you know, maybe uh, uh, Zach Wheeler, Cole Hamels, and Jake Odorizzi. You know, they go, they go middle of the bunch. They, you know, dependable guys that they know will give them the innings they need. And, you know, in Odorizzi's case, in Wheeler's case, there's some upside there. There's still some ceiling to be had. Whereas Cole Hamels, you know what he is. Um, mm. So let's say they sign three pitchers. So the rotation becomes Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Cole Hamels, uh, Jake Arrieta, and Jake Odorizzi. So that, ha that happens. So, <laughs> well, that, that would be nice, right? And they, mm -hmm. they could easily do that. That is something that, you know, all those guys are looking to sign for, you know, low uh, two-figure deals. Like Cole Hamels, probably like 14 million. Zach Wheeler, maybe 18 million. Jake Odorizzi, maybe 10 million per year. So you, you, you make that move. You sign three starters. Well, now... You've got that rotation of five guys. You've got Zach Eflin in AAA. You've got David Parkinson in AAA, who is a better version of Cole Irvin. I know that's not a really great comparison, but, I mean, more velocity and more pitch, pitch mixing. Yeah. Um, you've got, you know, uh, uh, oh, who else did I just bring up earlier on? I mean, you, you've, you've got guys in AAA that can come up instead of Spencer Howard 
So they don't have to force Spencer Howard to come up. Correct. But let's say Spencer Howard is pitching to a, you know, 2.5 ERA in AAA. And they say, well, you know, I'm kind of dissatisfied with what I've gotten out of Jay Garrietta. Surprise, surprise. Or <laughs> dissatisfied with what I've gotten out of Jake Odorizzi or, or something like that. You know, maybe we'll just skip his start this week and or push him back one day. And let's let Spencer come up for this, you know, rubber match against the Braves. Or let's let, you know, something like that. Yeah. Then it becomes, it's not something where Spencer Howard has to succeed. Now it's an environment where Spencer Howard is coming up to make his major league debut. That's great. This isn't a win that we need. It's not, you know, it's not a life or death situation. It's a pressure, a, a, a less pressured environment where, you know, you have four other guys in the rotation that are capable of winning you games. You have a bullpen that is hopefully going to be able to you know keep you in the lead you have an offense that is consistent enough to get you to where you want to go and you know if that is what should happen then when Jake Arietta leaves the rotation next year and the angels sing their heavenly songs <laughs> Spencer Spencer Howard comes up takes that spot and what do you know you have an even better rotation than you had already yeah. had so yeah. There's no need to rush these guys. I keep tweeting that phrase out and people are like, what do you mean rush these guys? Nick Pavetta's 27 years old, blah, blah. That's not what I mean. I mean throwing them into the major leagues, messing with their head, telling them, you know, we need you to be the next ace. We need yeah, you to yeah. be this dark horse Cy Young candidate. That's rushing these guys. I mean, they took J.D. Hammer and Edgar Garcia from double A, brought them up to the majors. I mean, those guys did fine but we're talking about skipping a whole level of minor league ball here i mean mm. they're going from from facing you know minor leaguers that chase your 95 mile per hour slider to you know major leaguers who feast on your 95 mile per hour slider i mean yeah. you're you're talking about two I, 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 acuna acuna i think hit two home runs off him no that's yeah, a ex- massive difference exactly. to what you're facing in double a Exactly. You're facing superstars. I mean, they bring in, you know, a guy like J.D. Hammer to face Nolan Arenado. Your yeah. equivalent of Nolan Arenado in the minor leagues is Nick Williams, who hit like 330 in AAA this year. I mean, that's it's not even close. So, in an environment where the ball's flying as well. I mean, this is exactly. it. You, you don't want to lose the confidence of these guys well, early. AAA, and we've, we've seen already that... Even just adding guys like Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley, who are by no means, you know, top end major league arms, but very experienced starters who know what to expect from major league hitting and their heads don't drop when they get blown up for five or six runs in the odd start. And and no one really bats an eyelid when that happens because we expect that Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley are going to give us the odd quality start, but the odd blow up. But we've seen already that just adding those two has actually sort of stabilized things in this sort of weird way because Nick Pavetta and Vince and guys like that, the pressure's off a little bit. Just just give us a little bit less. You, we've got these innings eaters here now who are going to be experienced and calm and help out. And if we can just add in the offseason, like you said, guys like Oda Rizzi who are like better, oh, I'm, better I'm sort so of pitching options than... Vargas or Smiley. Again, though, I mean, Oda Rizzi's cool, but no one's expecting him to be Aaron Nola. But what he can be is this guy that he has experience in the majors. He, he's he's a good pitcher. He's not a great pitcher, but he does have a bit of upside. But that's got to be better than on day one saying, 
oh, Nick Pavetta, please, you've got to be the, the number two on this staff and we want to go to the playoffs, by the way. I mean, it's crazy. Very, 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 very right. quickly before we uh, move on. Uh, would either of you two keep either of Smiley or Vargas for next year? I am very okay with keeping Drew Smiley on a minor league deal, but yeah. the minor league rotation is quite packed at the moment. So I'm going to say no to Drew Smiley just because we don't have the room. And for Vargas, I don't think so. No. It's it, Eight million is... It's not a lot to pay for a back-end pitcher, but Jason Vargas is going to be turning 37. He tops at 84. I mean, that's not a guy I want in my rotation when I'm pushing <laughs> no, for a not, World Series. Not for a whole year. year. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, worst comes to worst, you're signing uh, 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 Julius Chastin, or uh, I should say Chastin, Chastin uh, yeah. to, to, like, you know, a $2 million deal, and, and he's your, your last back-end guy, but I think what they're going to do, I think, you know, I'd love to have Garrett Cole, uh, but I don't mm. think that's a realistic want because the Yankees need much more rotation help. Not than we do, but, you know, they need a lot of rotation help and they've got the money to spend. You know, it's Garrett Cole. And yeah. They love Garrett Cole and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I don't think it's realistic for us to say that we'll get Garrett Cole, but I think three middle of the or like middle of the street guys that you know, especially when one of them is Cole Hamels, I think that would be even better than landing Garrett Cole in some Absolutely. ways. So um, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, Ryan, what about you? Um, no, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'd be excited if Vargas or Smiley was in the rotation next year. But having said that, I think, if I think one, if one rotation, them, I mean, in the organization, like a minor league deal for Smiley. Listen, if one of them signs, and even if one of them is number five in the rotation, I what I will say is I would prefer to open with one of those two as our number five than testing the war with a Nick Pavetta or, or even Vince again, who I would like to see go into different roles where I do think they can be very, very useful to the Phillies. And the pressure, you know, and so... If that means that I have to take Jason Vargas as number five, you know, it wouldn't. I think there are better. I think there are better options than Vargas, but I'd put Vargas in the rotation before I put um, Nick Pavetta in, for example. Yeah, um, the Phillies are done with the Mets this year. Twelve and seven record over the uh, over the Mets, which I'll take. Um, that's one part of the divisional uh, beating your rivals up. Done. Uh, it was quite a week for Michael Franco. <laughs> like. You you can't yeah. like these scripts. We love him here. We love him here in the UK for his side. I love Michael Franco. Him and Hector Neris, they feel like my babies. I'm so protective over them. I'm delighted to see him back. I'm delighted to see him. What a bomb yesterday. Second decker. Oh. This guy could play a sneaky role, you know, a sneaky vital role in this running. Well, you know what? I just so happened to get a quote from Mr. Kapler on Michael oh. yesterday. He said, uh, when I asked him, I said, how about Michael? He's been amazing ever since making the transition back to the big club. What are your plans on how you're going to use him going forward? He said, I think everyone celebrates extra hard when Michael has a great game. He is an amazing teammate, and we absolutely love having him in the clubhouse. He seems to thrive facing the Mets in particular, which is Hell so yeah. Uh, in our in our ideal world, he he forces me to write his name into the lineup every single day from here on out. 
If our biggest problem is choosing between three or four great options to get playing time, the next 20 games have a chance to be a lot of fun. I think that's a great point from Gabe. Yeah, but I also, yeah, yeah. I, I really am hoping Michael does force, because, you know, I don't think Michael is probably going to stick with this team in, in you know, in this offseason. I, I don't think he's going to be around for much longer, sadly, because I think he needs to go somewhere else to kind of continue oh. on his journey. I know it's sad, uh, oh. but... You know, I think if he can force his way into the lineup in every, you know, game to come, that's a big deal. He's got a difference maker oh, yeah. of a bat when he's on. I mean, we saw what happened last year. He led the team in batting because in uh, August and September, he hit like 340 or something like that. I mean, yeah, he, he, lit, he lit the place up. He lit the place up. So, you know, if he can be on at the bottom of the lineup, that's a big, that's a big difference maker. Uh, so hopefully he does force his way into the lineup in the coming days. I think that's Gabe's way of saying he will definitely be in the starting lineup. Today. Yeah, and Franco goes well against the Braves as well. Um, so. Joe, Jig- uh, Joe Giglio uh, tweeted, for 142 games last year, the Phillies were 74 and 68, minus 13 run difference. Uh, and it went on to go six and fourteen for the final twenty games. This year we are also seventy-four and sixty-eight, minus one run differential. What way would it go this time? Have we got wild card fever yet, guys? Are we you know, we've got massive four games at home to the Braves and two against the Red Sox. The the Nationals who are beca- are coming in reach. This time last week was we saying the Nationals could catch the Braves. All of a sudden the, the, the Nationals are now within reach of us. Uh, and they're playing the oh, Twins. Yeah. They've got the Twins. Two games against the Twins. Three games against the Twins. And then they have... Uh, then they have the Braves again. So, the, the, the Nationals are not clear-cut anymore. Not only that, the Brewers are now involved. The D-backs have slowed slightly since last week. Uh, the Mets are maybe out of contention. The Giants and the Reds are, are gone. Um, the Cubs are five and five in the last ten. The Nationals are five and five in the last ten. We're five and five in the last ten. Arizona are eight and two. Brewers are seven and three. Arizona have got a tough. Uh, Arizona got the Mets and the they've got the Mets this week next four games, and then they've got uh, the Reds. But it, it all of a sudden there's there's possibly two wild card teams, uh, wild card places up for grabs. Four games against the Braves. Nolan's due a win. He was a bit blown up uh, last outing. Do you think Nola being used every fifth day is, is, is tiring him out a little bit? Oh. I, 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 no, I, I, mean, I don't think so either. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't have any concerns. We, we've got to lean, unfortunately. That is one where I'll say <laughs> lean on him as much as we can. Please. No, absolutely. I'm happy with that. I think- I think the last start was was kind of an anomaly, just in that you know his his location was off. It really was. He he was uh, not like himself in the last one. So I'm glad they uh, didn't run him down to the bone. And now yeah. he's you know a little more rested, and he's hopefully going to be ready for a big one tonight. But the Braves are like 17 and two in their last 19 games, and they are I, uh, four games. I'm not looking it, it, forward we can, to it. We can but... split that series. I'll be delighted. Especially oh, I the, will. I will be on. We, we yeah. Then, then it's then it's showtime because the, the the Red Sox everyone's going all Red Sox tough series. We've already swept them once two games and no, they're, a the they're a mess. They're a mess. They just fired their president. Yeah, <laughs> like, 
They're immersed. It's <laughs> so a bit I'm of a okay. car crash over there at the moment. Yeah, um, we've got Nola versus Faulty. If we're looking to win any of these games, we've got to look at winning tonight's game for sure. Fried versus yeah, we, Vargas. We, Again, that's not a bad pitching matchup. Well, we, we, we hit Freed pretty well uh, most of the time. So, mm. But he can be, when he's on, he can be tough. I, I Honestly, I'm favouring the Keiko versus Eflin game. I yeah. think Zach, the way he's been going, and Keiko, look, Keiko's been okay in his last few starts, but that FIP is like in the 4.5s. And I don't. I don't. Oh, oh, oh. FNZRA is creeping down as well. He's, he's had a it good is. couple of games. He's had a good couple of and runs. The, the Smiley Tehran. We always like to face Julio Tehran. Yeah, that, that I'm one. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All these games, four games and not one early game. Come on, MLB. Look, they us they, over here. They look winnable, but I'm also going to play it cautious because, you know, this team's offense is just, for whatever reason, is so prolific mm-hmm. uh, that I don't even want to think about it. I mean, you need some really, really good pitching to get through these games, and it is so easy for them to absolutely demolish. You know, it can just take, you know, simply putting Mike Morin in for, you know, and I don't hate Mike Morin or anything, but, like, you put Mike Morin in for, uh, you know, an inning or two, and and then they yeah. could be on top by you know you this could is, be leading through the eighth inning, and then you know you're losing. So yeah, this is this is an offense where that they can do what the Mets didn't do and take advantage of bases loaded yep. and driving not grand slams, but they can drive in the they can keep the chains rolling. That's what they're, yeah, they're so really good at is is keeping the chains good. rolling. However, their bullpen rotation isn't bullet uh, isn't bulletproof. It's that, <laughs> bulletproof. It's not. It's not good. Oh, it, I'm sorry. I shouldn't it, do this. But you're in. I knew it. I got it, him. It Here hurts. he goes. They just. It's. It's a team with so many holes. I mean, the book. Everything says that they. I mean, when you break it down, their offense consists of four players. It's Ronald Acuna. It's Freddie Freeman. And it's Josh Donaldson. And then a little spicing of Ozzy Albies here and there. But I mean. On paper, this shouldn't be such a hard team to beat, especially when it comes to, you know, you look at that pitching staff and it's like, this is, there are so many holes here and the bullpen is terrible. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. terrible. And in our recent games, we have scored some good runs against them, but they've, look, we've had a 15 loss against them, a 9 2 loss against them, yep. uh, 6 12, 2 9. You know, they have, it's about containing that offense. That's the key because I think we will score runs. We will score five, but six, I also possibly think, seven runs, but we've got to contain that offense. But this record, the way that they're playing right now also plays to our advantage for next year because, you know, they've been firing on all cylinders all year round. I mean, not a single thing has gone wrong except for maybe Austin Riley's regression, which mm. everyone saw coming. I mean, and, and, and is not, awesome uh, is not uh, no, as good as not. he was at the start. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the, the, we, don't face, we don't face him, though, do we? we, don't, we don't no, we don't, which I'm I'm okay oh. with that. So oh, you're yeah. but, looking um, forward to facing Ian Anderson pretty soon, are you? Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Come on, man. They have some there depth. Are, there are only two Braves prospects that I am actually worried about. But Ian Anderson is definitely one of them. And yeah. Drew Waters is the other one. And I was really hoping they'd trade him for Shane Green. But that 
obviously didn't happen, and I don't know how they got Shane Green so cheap. But anyway, I digress. Um, so it is fun that Atlanta oh, is in a good. I am so terrified of Ian Anderson. If the Phillies are going to get good, they're going to have to beat these teams, and it'll yep. be more fun on the day that the Phillies do because we'll all be absolutely over the moon that we beat them. You know, <laughs> next year when Spencer Howard and Ian Anderson have a pitching duel, I am going to. I'm going to sit in front of that television with a beer in my hand, and I'm just <laughs> I'm going to revel in the just pure bliss of I new own, age pitching. I own two pitchers in my NL only dynasty league, and they are Spencer Howard and Ian Anderson on my that minor league good. on my minor league roster. That is, we that we have <laughs> we have the Braves seven times in the next ten days. Look. It is. It's like you said. It's like you said, Dave. It's containing that offense. But yep. our starting pitching has been surprisingly quite good over it the last, the last week and a bit. Yeah. So I, as long as they can keep them in the game till the sixth or seventh inning, and then we can somehow manage to to close this one out. I'm I'm really hoping. I'm really really hoping. We need a good start from Aaron Nola tonight. We really do. Yeah, yeah. The, the, need the to keep big, that bullpen intact. The big key to this series is winning this game. That'd be great. That would yeah. really set the tone. It might bring the hopefully bring the crowds out as well. I'm hoping we get a good crowd for these these four games because this is this is crunch time. And if we can win this game and possibly the one tomorrow, all of a sudden you know, these three and four games, which probably look a bit tougher on paper with the pitching lineup matchups. The, the, the crowd get out and get behind it. Citizens Bank Park is rocking, you know, and we saw how the Braves couldn't really cope with it in the opening series when it was an absolute packed house. Um, maybe I'm clutching at straws, but I just no, no, you're you're very right. And those double headers against the Nationals are going to be packed too. Oh, I'm about, about gonna, to come on to that. Two games for the price of one. Everyone wants that. Is and, Bryce going to play tonight, guys? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. He's he pinched. Well, he pinched. Yeah. RBI. So. RBI pinch well, walk. walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Phillies are six and six against the Braves so far. So we've had some crushing defeats against them, but although four of those or three of those came on the opening opening series, I know. But three of them did. Yeah, three of them did. But I mean, still, you know, it, it's, it's if we can. Uh, I'm something. I'm going to say split, and I'll oh. be delighted. Especially as the oh. Brewers are playing the Marlins, the Cubs have got the Padres, so. A split would be really handy. I'm gonna protect my heart and say split too. Yes, <laughs> oh, I really want it. Uh, Ryan, full Ryan, house, of, raw house of splits. Ryan, here we go. <laughs> uh, what one and three? Oh, yeah. no. you bastard! <laughs> hey, no swearing on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Like, no PG. <laughs> now, now I've got to put an explicit content warning on the podcast. Nice one. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, um, guys, it, no, it's, good. it's a little bit of um, it's a mental thing for me. It just feels to me like I know you, we're six and six. That's surprising, actually, because the way it feels is that I know we've had some crushing defeats against them. Yeah. Were I a Braves fan, I'd be feeling pretty confident. Now, the only thing that might go in our favor is hopefully they've just had a great series win against the Nationals. They've done really well. Hopefully they're starting to see some separation now between themselves and second place, and maybe they're gonna. Take it easy on us. I don't think they're gonna take it easy on us, but I think there's a natural 
human instinct to slow off slightly once a job is being you know done. What, I, I think they would, but this this game, the Phillies Braves has this little bit of needle to it. The Braves, I don't like the Braves, and I don't think the Braves like us very much. And I think the players, uh, I think the Braves players like getting one over us too much. I can't see them taking it easy. Oh. I wish. I wish. I but think. But I don't what know. I what I. I think what Ryan means is that they might start supplementing, you know, they see that they're, you know, they want to get their players ready for, you know, long oh, playoff series. Right. So okay. they might start supplementing a little bit of guys. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah. Even a little bit no, of that. No, no, no. Also, no, I, I, also, I do mean a little bit of a subconscious um, as well. Sometimes it's natural. You, you In sports, you've had a huge win. It's like when an NFL team goes on the road and beats the Patriots in week eight or something and you know or actually last season I think KC early on beat the Patriots and everyone said oh wow this is it now and often the following week a team that comes off a huge win naturally regresses a little bit because you, well, you're off a big high football over here as well you know if you win away at Man United one week and you're at home to Watford the next you might be thinking oh we, we can beat Watford um, I, yeah. I, that, that, that is, that's what being a Brighton fan is all about we get the biggest yeah. win of the season and then the following week we play <laughs> terrible and that's all our hopes and expectations crash exactly yeah, so, I'm clutching yeah. at straws again but maybe is all I'm saying maybe okay, well I like it I like it guys that's like when you're a Leicester fan in 2015 and you say oh our midfield's good enough without N'Golo Kante yeah, and then he becomes I, yeah, one of the best yeah. mids in the league and then you get found uh. out in the Champions League are oh, they had a good Champions League run actually Leicester Got to the quarters. Yeah, yeah. Um, As it stands, guys, do we? uh, All right. Yes or no? As it stands, will the Phillies take a wild card spot? Ryan, yes or no? No. (laughs) Alex, as it stands, do you think the Phillies are going to nick a wild card spot? It wouldn't be on my personal brand if I said no. So I have to say yes. But I also think. Look, I think. It really it's the the rest of the National League has been just as bad as we have. Oh, tell the, me about the, it. The Brewers, for God's sake. I mean... Where have they... They would die before that Cubs series. I, I was oh, talking, they were just like us. Yeah, they, I was talking to they, the UK Brewers yeah. fan um, before this series going, what are your, what your hopes? We've got no hope against the Cubs. The Cubs are going to sweep us. We are down and out. And now he's excited. And the Cubs UK guy is like... Oh, this is turning in, uh, but they've got bullpen problems from what I'm hearing as well. And Baez could be out for the season. Do you well, guys yeah. not think that it's actually that a lot of these teams are pretty good? I mean, when you look at the American <laughs> League, you know, we, we Ryan, have, bless the, you. of course, we have the Twins, <laughs> the, the Yankees, the Astros, and yeah, okay, they're good teams, but then they get a series against the White Sox who are in third place in their division, or they can play the Blue Jays or Tigers the Angels. Or, okay, so, whereas, you know, in the National League, I, I, you know, don't forget the Phillies swept the Cubs not too long ago. And, and the, like, the, the Cubs are a good team. The Brewers are good. The Reds the are actually pretty good. I mean, I know they got a bad record, but they're not still a disgrace. Still on plus five run, Diff. <laughs> the Mets are good. Exactly they're in fourth place. So the, the thing that separates the American League from the National League is that in the American League, your rally doesn't stop at the top of the lineup. You know, you have a DH mm-hmm. that kind of carries you through the whole lineup and makes it so there's no automatic out at the bottom. That's so that that separates the really, really good teams from the really, really bad teams. Because, you know, 
the really, really good teams have the ability to shove, you know, another really big difference maker into the lineup, like the Yankees did with uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. I mean, didn't work out. But that yeah. that fluid like fluidizes your entire lineup and and really changes your ability to score runs. In the National League, you don't have that. So it's a much more equal playing field, especially when you can strategize them out around an automatic out, well, like the Mets tried to do with Mickey Callaway yes, uh, with uh, with Mike Morin yesterday. Mike Morin, yeah, absurd. Um, but you know, there's in the National League, there is such an, uh, you know, especially in the Juice Ball era where anybody can come out of anywhere and hit 50 home runs. You know, we're we're in a time where there's so much talent stocked up in the National League. I mean, you look at the American League, and you you say, oh yeah, Mike Trout, easy MVP. We have three guys that are, and I'm not devaluing Mike Trout here. We have three guys in the National League, four actually, if you count Eugenio Suarez, who has 44 home runs now. You know, we have three guys that are, you know, in Yelich, Bellinger, and Rendon, who are absolutely destroying the National mm-hmm. League. And I'll Whereas, tell you. I, 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 and I'll tell you now that the the Angels to do a little comparison here, the, the Angels have pretty much exactly the same record as San Diego do in the other league. And I would tell you right now comfortably that I think San Diego is a much more talented team than yeah. the LA Angels. Now that says to me that the American League pretty much stinks right now. Well, I, 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 I tell I'm you what, go on. It does. And uh, San Diego are 10 games under 500. And the talent that they've got, not just in the majors right now, but right through the organization, is pretty darn scary. And that they're going to come good. And even the Rockies, 24 games under, not a good team, but a lot of great young talent. You know, Garrett Hampton's interesting. Ryan McMahon's interesting. Um, th- I just feel like this is a competitive league. And um, it is. Right, it's, great. it's great fun. All long, I've been saying that since you know the inception of the wild card race in the National League happened. Like, it's not that everyone is. I mean, everybody is underperforming, but it's you know it's teams that have weaker rotations, like the Brewers and things, like, and and us that are finally feeling that pain because we don't have those mm-hmm. guys that can carry us to the all the series wins, you know, through and through. We don't have those guys that we can turn to and say, okay, we're going to get at least two out of three in this one. It's always a toss-up. The, the Brewers are in the same position. The Cardinals are in a very similar position. Yeah. They only have Jack Flaherty, who is unreal right now. But, like, you know, it, it is exactly what you said. There are so many good teams in the National League. I mean, it's like, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, there's, uh, let me look up the standings right now. There's only one team really in the national league in the Marlins that are really, really, really oh, just, just gonna, trash. Gonna that are just trash. Yeah. And, and then, but you look in the American league, Toronto, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas city, Chicago, the angels, Seattle, Texas to a, you know, small degree. Yeah. I mean, they are just, and if a team like the athletics is primed for, you know, a wild card spot, I, I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't. This understand. is the point. It's exactly what I was going to make. You look at the yeah, American League. The wild card is is the Rays, Oakland, and then one point five back is the Cleveland, and then forget the Red Sox and everyone else. That the wild card race is done. No, there's a massive split in the run differentials between the top seven and the bottom. The bottom eight, huge. The, everybody, 
everybody in the top seven are above 100 run differential. Everyone below that are miles behind. Whereas you've only got two teams in the National League who are above 100 run diff. It's a lot closer. It's just American League, looking at the standings now with the run diff, and it's just the records are appalling. Like half the teams and- are already wiped out, el- eliminated. That's due to flipping a little bit because there are there just happen to be a lot of tanking American League teams. But I mean, we look at the current standings in in the National League, and we see you know the Mets pass next year. They're going to have to do something drastic because they they are in a really bad spot, and it's really sad that Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonso were getting caught up in that. Um, you know, Miami is obviously going to be in the tank for a little bit. Pittsburgh is in a terrible spot. Um, you know, Cincinnati is kind of facing that rebuild period. Uh, they're on the precipice of that. Uh, San Francisco is obviously just, you know, nowhere near ready. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a bunch of teams that are kind of getting ready to, to start their rebuilds. So that might shift. But mm. as of right now, it's a super competitive environment in the National League. I mean, everybody has a shot. So everybody's fighting for it. I think, so, I, I mean... <clears throat> I don't yeah, know about you guys, but last night was the first time I've, I've sat down and I watched the end of the Reds D-backs game and the Reds walked it off. And then I watched some of the Cub Brewers game and the, the, the Brewers won. You, um, first time, it's getting exciting. You start looking at other games and go, right, yes, the, the Reds have beaten the D-backs. They've walked them off. The Cubs have lost. I love this time. It's so good to be at last part of this sort of race for now. Because last season... We had the same record, but we were going the other way, and it really felt like we were really hitting that down patch, weren't we? But I honestly believe that we can still do this. We are when the, the Washington, the Nationals are already five games ahead of us now. We've got five games against them. They've got to play the, yep. the Braves still. They got the Twins, and the Twins are a top of a poor Central American League Central, but. The Twins look handy. They're, they're not bad. In fact, Definitely. We can do it, Dave. You know, you're absolutely... Oh, when, yeah. you're, when you are two games back in a race and, you know, there's a one month to go, essentially, less than a month, you are in the race. So it only takes, you know, a hot week and you, you fly above the Cubs and you're within reach of the Nats. And, the, you know, it's just the... When there's this many teams in the race, the, the odds are that you're probably going to miss out. But you are capable of of doing it. And I, I agree with that. Um, the one thing I'll say on the Twins quickly is, can we all pray for Nelson Cruz? It'd be really nice if he plays against oh. the Nationals this week. He's got yeah. a, bit of a bit of a sore wrist. I need him in a couple of fantasy leagues as well. So come on, Nelson. Yeah, absolutely. It's- <laughs> the Twins are, are a team that are really capitalizing off the whole juiced ball thing. Uh, And I don't mean that that's a conscious strategy that they had going into it, but they have, you know, a bunch of guys that have pretty solid pop that, you know, like nobody was expecting um, uh, uh, Max Kepler to, to, you know, go off and hit 30 home runs. Nobody was expecting Eddie Rosario to, you know, do this very similar thing. Nobody was expecting, you know, and nobody was expecting Nelson Cruz to come back and at 39 years old, be the leading slugger on the team i mean it's they're a team that consciously set a budget and then figured out how to make it work for the players around them and they just happen to be in the race but the only reason that they happen to be in the race is probably because there are so many free wins that you can get in the american league 
I mean, and, a, and in the central as well. Central. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a there's a big you know there's a big difference between sweeping a series and winning a series. You yeah, know, there's absolutely. a big difference between two and one and three and zero. Oh. And, and we and they're getting a lot of three and O's and we just can't. And I mean, the Marlins thing is a that's a completely different story. But I mean, that will hopefully eventually be uh, rectified within the offseason. Yeah, it will. But, but, you know, I, you look at the two leagues and there's just no contest. And that's why I think I'm, I'm so uh, high on the Dodgers taking the series this year. By the way, that's my prediction. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think the Dodgers have faced a lot more competitive, you know, teams uh, over the span of this year. And, and, you know, you look at the AL, I mean, I know this is a is a is an off the road take, but the Yankees' only real redeeming quality about them—well, there's two—but you know that offense, duh, and the bullpen. But that rotation is is in shambles right now, and they they have nothing they can do about it. And I mean that team is winning just as many games as the Dodgers is is the Dodgers are. I mean, mm. you know, it's just it's comparing two different. It you is, know, and we've and we've we've got a, a series in Cleveland for, coming up as well, which would be interesting to to see us against an American League team like Cleveland. Um, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> uh, we all know that Santana is going to get at least one home run against us. It's, that's written in the stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the week as a whole, four against the Braves, two at home to the Red Sox. Ryan, what are you saying? Uh, well, I really like Eduardo Rodriguez, who we, we pitch up against at some, at some point. So, uh, I, un- unfortunately for me, guys, it's um, it's a two and four week and probably the week that seals our fate. But that's uh, not me being negative. I, I do want to say I sort of I find myself wanting to say exactly what your friend McPhail said earlier, which is almost it's like a positive thing in a way. I, I feel like if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. And that isn't me being negative that's actually me sort of sitting back and saying we've had a good year like i'm i'm pretty i'm happy with where the team's getting towards we've got more payroll that we can flex in the off season and we know where we want to focus it so to me i'm feeling pretty confident i'm feeling pretty fine if we make it we make it if we don't we don't i'm with i'm the cards I'm too sucked in i'm too sucked the in. cards that we have been dealt with the cards that we have been dealt in terms of injuries in terms of, you know, the the bad luck, the bad breaks that we've seen. It's like we said last week. Uh, we, with the cards that we have been dealt, this season has been, you know, I, I'm going to, I'll reiterate, I think if we do make, you know, if we do make a wild card spot, I think it's an automatic success. I mean, we lost yeah, one absolutely. of our leading producers in Andrew McCutcheon. We lost eight bullpen arms, an entire bullpen. We, you know, got bad breaks in terms of Pavetta. We got bad breaks in terms of Velasquez and Eflin. And, you know, we, in a sense, are overachieving somewhat. And, you know, if, if we can manage to secure a wildcard spot, I think it is just an automatic win. So I think, as far as a record this week, I think it's three and three. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily think we 
will split the series with the Braves, but I think whatever we lose in the Braves series, we will make up for in the Red Sox series, I think. Interesting. So, um, so I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. I think, I, I deep down, I think three and three, which should keep us in touch going into next week, which is, oh, I agree. three more games against the Braves. <laughs> It's it's going to be Yay. tough. It's going to be tough. But, <laughs> I think I think but, a winning record, a, a winning record this season, yes, to me would be I a agree. success. Like, when's the last time we had a winning record, Alex? It's progress. Uh, the last time years. was five. No, 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 no. No, 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 no not twelve years. We're talking about. Uh, feels like it. Five years ago, I think five years ago was the last time that we went over five hundred. Two thousand twelve. Because no, no. Wait, let me look. Well, thirteen. Let me. I mean, we all say sure. we did say playoffs at the start of the season, and I think it's fair for me to adjust that to winning record given the injuries to the Well, I, I, I've been a Phillies fan since 2012, and I think I've only ever seen one winning record. So nope, just... you're right. You're right. 2012. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the first year I started following the Phillies, they got a winning record, and it's gone downhill since. Ago. So, yep. Yeah, winning, you started. Yeah, a winning record is, is, is nice, but. You know, or maybe at least be contending until the last week or something. You know, just... Right. I think. Look, I think any amount of progress in a year of setbacks is just fine for me. You know, anything mm. above eighty and eighty-two, that's progress. And we, you know, had a lot more bad luck than we did last year. Yeah, so... we did. And, and like yeah. I said, um, we went six and fourteen this time. Like now, final twenty games last year. We should beat that. You know, I'd hope so. With games against the Red Sox, the Indians, we'll take something out like the Braves, I'm sure, and the Nationals, and the Marlins to end it. Surely. They're definitely showing the signs of a team that just don't yes. want to go away. So I'll, I'll say that. They, they, I didn't they, think they'd be within two right now, this time last week. In like six of their last eight games, they've come from behind. Which, yes. you know, I, I think yesterday. Yeah, earlier in the season, that was like the killing blow, is that if they fell behind, they were going to stay behind. And now, and you know, that was obviously our problem last year. But now, you know, they've come back in so and, many games. And, yeah. I don't know. I'm, and, I'm and, excited. And, I'm and, excited. and the, the Nationals, the Cubs, and the Brewers all have tough schedules as well. They all got to play each other as well. Maybe the... Who's the other team involved... Who had the easiest schedule? Oh, I don't think it's the box score. Um, who's involved? Uh, maybe Arizona, I think, may sneak it. I think Arizona have got the easiest schedule of all of us, I think, on paper anyway, but that I means nothing this time of year. In any world, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who traded away Paul Goldschmidt, who were considering yeah, who right? traded away Zach Greinke, who were considering trading Robbie Ray. I don't, I can't see any reality in which they get the wild card, but it has been a weird ass year. Sorry, I cursed again. No, it's, it's been fine, a really weird, been a weird, really weird year. And if, hey, if they definitely happen. could calm down. They, um, Ray's good. Um, I think Zach Gallon was a Zach, really Zach nice Gallen. addition. Um, Merrill yeah. Kelly and Mike Leak. Well, they, they, you know what? Merrill Kelly and Mike Leak are exactly the sort of guy that have given that rotation stability that we haven't had. That yeah. you know, then they're, they're not great. They're not. They're not going to blow anyone away. But they've been around. They've done it before, and they will give you the odd quality start mixed in with the odd blow up. But they're not going to go off the rails. That's what I was talking about earlier. And well, you know what, Josh. Kind of came oh, Eduardo Escobar has been absolutely yeah, lights the, out. 
Christian Walker's done quite well. Ketel Marte's given them more. Oh, They've had yeah. guys step up that have... Yeah, this is... Given... D-backs have the Mets, the Reds, the Marlins, next three series. They're... They've got a their hot form at the moment, and then the Giants. Um, no, not the Giants. And then, then the Padres. Oh, four good you series for them. They're they're probably in the hot seat right now. Dave, do you want some positivity before we go? Yes. <laughs> since the um, I'm going to spin this positively at the very least. Since since then, MLB moved to this new wild card format where we have the one game playing. Um, a wild card team has not won the World Series. Um, the last wildcard team to win the World Series was St. Louis in 2011. Um, and that was prior to the one game playing. That was the series where, do you, <laughs> do you remember when Nolan Ryan was just about ready to get off his seat for the Rangers and oh, cheered man. the win? And then David oh. Freeze hit the ball straight into <laughs> That was one of the greatest sporting moments yeah. that I've seen live. But the, the point being here that... Um, Eventually, one of these wildcard teams in the new format is going to win the World Series. That's my view. And we're, we're, in, this, we're in this moment where it kind of feels like in baseball, the, the Astros and the Yankees and the Dodgers, certainly those three. And Maybe certainly Tampa. It feels like the top seeds, everyone just assumes now, now nah, that's it, that they're into the World Series. And I'll tell you right now, eventually... One of these wildcard teams, Tampa, Oakland, Washington, Philadelphia, one of them is going to go on a run out of the blue and going to win a World Series day. Yes! So would you like yes, it to be this year? <laughs> Look, in a one-game playoff, I trust our ace more than almost any other, maybe save Max Scherzer or you know Jacob deGrom. I trust Aaron Nola. He thrives under pressure. He is just a pinpoint artist. I think, honestly, if we get to a one-game, you know, play-in situation, I think there is a chance that things break our way and we can possibly get a little further than. And my my you point know, there, Alex, is that you know, like I agree with everything you've just said, but if sports, sometimes we get lulled into this false sense of security with sports. And, and of course, logic says that, be it the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, Brewers, Phillies or Mets, whoever it is, logic says that the Dodgers will sweep them 3-0 and go into the championship series. But you know what? Logic said that, and I think it's harder in baseball with it being a series, but Logic said that the Patriots would crush Nick Falls and the Eagles that season. Oh, oh Ryan! Would. Take the and Logic said that, you know, um, Ben Stokes had absolutely no chance of doing what he did at Headingley. In fact, at one point, <laughs> that went at down one down. point it said they had a 0% <laughs> chance of winning, I do believe. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the point I'm trying to make is sports does throw up these... We get lulled into a weird sense of security that actually US, the best teams are always going to win. Williams got beat. Yeah, mm -hmm. it happens, guys. It's not it linear. Happens. It's not linear. You're right. It happens. Really? I'm, I'm probably Tampa Bay or Washington have a better chance than the Phillies. <laughs> 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 there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. Right, guys. Brilliant. Great podcast. That was fun. I'm, I'm up for this Brave series now. Come on. Ryan, Ryan, that's, that's a good. lovely speech at the end. Thank you, got... mate. Thank you. 
four against the Braves. No early games. That sucks. Just a one early game on the Sunday against the Red Sox on my birthday. Cool. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Happy birthday early. Thank you. Thank you. We will we will rendezvous next Monday, guys. We will. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if we're still in contention, then we've had a really, really good week. If we're still within three games, or four, well, let's say four. If we're still within four. I'm going to be happy. We've got every chance. Yeah? The Falcons beat the Eagles. Me and Alex will not be doing the podcast next week. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I will be disbanding. From... <laughs> we'll be doing our own without you, Dave. I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. If, the, if the Falcons beat the Eagles and the Phillies go 6-0, and I will join the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just, I oh, I'm, I'm gonna be on my own next week. <laughs> you know what? It would be that would be. Could you imagine going six and Oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. That's one of don't. those. That's one of, it's a weird spot for the Eagles just to do a little bit of NFL at the end. It is a weird spot. That's what I'm talking about. You, you, no, you win a home game. You, you, you do pretty well in the second half. The Falcons get absolutely torn apart by Dalvin Cook, who looks like yeah, right, a computer right. game player, by the way. Um, he is pretty good. But I, the point is, they're good. And so next week, Falcons, home opener. They're on a bit of a downer. Uh, Eagles are feeling it, a bit it's better. It's in Philly, isn't it? I swear I saw it was in Philly. Uh, in Philly, we're opening with two, two home games, huh? Let's have a look. I swear it said Philadelphia on the, the app. I shall check it. No, it's in I, Atlanta, mate. Yeah, because that would be bizarre. Yeah, because then Philly would be playing... At home against the Braves and then at home against the Falcons. That yeah, be... exactly. Yeah, that'd be a nightmare. Cool. Can you imagine everyone going from Citizens Bank Park over to the link? Well, <laughs> have you guys ever? You guys have been, yeah. So, like, you know, Wells Fargo, CBP, and the link are all in that one it's, congested. It's, it's my it's heaven. So cool, but oh my lord, is the traffic terrible? Oh, it I is... can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, wait, don't drive, man. Get straight on the scepter. Come on. I live... <laughs> no, I they don't have a choice. But either, oh man, it, that would be hell. But Alex, are, are you are you, you live in Philadelphia, right? I live in New Jersey. I live in uh, a small uh, town, Lemington, New Jersey. I was going to say, do you have plans to get to any games before the end of the season? Uh, you know what? I might. Uh, I think I'm going to try to maybe go to the one on the 14th this this coming weekend. The Red Sox, uh, yeah. For the Red Sox, yeah, because. Uh, if I'm going to take advantage of, of Mr. Kaplan's Mr. Office, yeah, yeah. It's well, I was hoping to also just kind of get to meet up with him a little bit and, and just chat because you know it, it's not every day you really get to, no, have, hey man, yeah, absolutely. You got to take the opportunity, right? So, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping I can move there, uh, move my way over that way, uh, for the 14th, but I also leave for a uh, because I'm, I think you guys know, I, I I'm an actor, so I. I move around a lot, but I, uh, I'm leaving for Vermont on the 16th. Nice. So it's gonna be cold. Oh, it's gonna be frigid, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to Vermont for a, for another contract, so I'll be. You know, time is is of the essence, but you know what you should plan for. I, I'm I'm gonna be around um, early next season. I won't be in Miami for the first series, but. I think I'll be around for the City Field series in New York and then the, the opening homestand. So if um if you're around in that time, maybe we'll be uh, able to catch up then. Very much so, because I live very near New York in my Oh, normal. okay. 
There we you go, know, guys. Don't mind me. I'm just making personal. Yeah, yeah. You can carry on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, here's me stuck with a newborn, not going to go over there for quite some time. You guys make your plans. It's fine. Oh, Dave. I, all right. I'm coming to you guys then. I have to come to you guys, I guess. But whatever. Got to Got it. Exactly. Exactly. Kid. Brilliant. Guys, um, that wraps up. Hey, nice hour and a half. It's been a nice little Monday. Okay, um, guys, have a great week and ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ryan, ring the bell. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I was thinking about something. Ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs>